Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Pater IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms right now, and it will be available in beer distributors and grocery stores by September 16th. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pater is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Paydirt for our two t shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t shirt. It has the Paydirt word mark over the heart and on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10 year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. Uh, in regards to ESPN Radio State College, for all of you that are tuning in, we are going to be moving to Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern as of this Friday, September 9th. Many of you might be listening to this right now, and we appreciate it. We will be on this schedule through the regular season of Penn State football. Um, so keep an ear out on ESPN Radio State College. Keep an eye out on their social media platforms for any changes in scheduling. And of course, if you're always tuning into the podcast version of Pater, whether it be on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Very important that you subscribe and turn on notifications because our goal is to try and get you these preview episodes on Thursdays and then the recap episodes as quickly as possible, either on Saturday or as early as Sunday morning, depending on the time of the game. Um, Thank you all so much for the gigantic response to episode 70, our recap of Penn State's win against Purdue. It was by far the largest, uh, the most viewed show we've ever done in the one year history of this podcast. So we cannot thank you all enough for that. 
Uh, and one other note here before I get Matt McGloin on here and we start talking about Ohio U is that for those of you that are fans of Funk Brewing, as I mentioned, our official beer is out right now in Funk Brewing's tap rooms. As I mentioned, they're in Emmaus, Elizabethtown in York coming this Wednesday, September 14th. Matt and I will be doing the first live podcast in the history of Pater from Funk's Emmaus, Pennsylvania location. You can head to funkbrewing.com to find out the address. We're going to be there again this Wednesday, September 14th. We'll be live on YouTube at first, and then we'll do our best to get that out on an audio-only platform afterwards so that you guys can listen to the podcast and hear what went down. We will begin live, quote-unquote, on air from the Emmaus Tap Room at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, again on Wednesday, September 14th. So we encourage all of you guys to come out, come with questions, uh, come prepared to try our beer, the Paydirt IPA. Matt and I are so excited to have this collaboration with Funk Brewing and really appreciate how much they've supported us throughout the life of the podcast. Um, We're going to have Scott Adams of Funk Brewing coming on to tell us kind of about the process of how they put together the Paydirt IPA. And of course, above all, We're going to be talking plenty about Penn State football. So come with questions. We want to hear from you guys. We're going to do our best to answer as many questions as we can that night. And ultimately, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about Penn State football and hopefully drinking some good beer. And I believe there's a Flavor Nation food truck there. If there isn't, forgive me, but head to funkbrewing.com and find out what the food options are there for funk. So we should have a really good time. Um, So that brings us to this weekend. Penn State following a victory at Purdue to begin the season by a score of 35 to 31. It was definitely surprising uh, considering the way Penn State came back and won the game late in West Lafayette. So now Penn State returns back to Happy Valley to open up their home schedule against the Ohio U Bobcats of the Mac. Uh, The spread for this game, I believe, is 24 and a half in favor of Penn State. So at this point in time, it's very difficult to doubt Penn State may be covering that. That was that's kind of the way I think I'd put my money. This feels good, but there's a lot of aspects to dive into uh, in regards to what Ohio U does on offense. It is very similar to Purdue that Penn State is going to have to be aware of to deal with in this game. You understand it's a smaller conference opponent, so Penn State is expected to win this game. But uh, let's get Matt McGloin on here in a matter of moments because we need to dive into what the biggest takeaways are from the victory against Purdue now heading into this game against Ohio. All right, Matt, let's talk about what Penn State's got coming up this weekend. The Ohio U Bobcats of the Mac. I understand that, you know, the average Penn State fan is definitely going to look at this and be like, eh, it's a Mac opponent. Uh, IOU is a tougher team than I think most people will give them credit for. Uh, they are 1-0 entering this game. If it means anything, Curtis Rourke, at quarterback, is a solid passer. Uh, this is a very similar offense uh, to what Purdue fielded last week. So, Um, Coming off of that, let's start with the defensive side of the ball for Penn State. What are some of the biggest takeaways you have from the Purdue victory for the Penn State defense now heading into Ohio? Well, I might as well bring it up before we start. Yes, Ohio. Last time Penn State played Ohio, we got beat in 2012 to start the season off, Tom. So it certainly brings up bad memories talking about Penn State, Ohio. I wasn't going to bring it Um, up, but you know. No. Well, I'm, I'm I'm assuming our listeners are are thinking that. So yes, they're very uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, certainly a, a tough game. That one that one still stings, Tom. So let's 2022 Penn State. Let's try to avoid that. But you're right. It starts offensive for me, Tom. It's all about Penn State, right? H- how are you 
going to make a statement this week? How do you fix what went wrong in week one, right? And, and get better within a short time frame to go out there in week two and make the changes necessary to continue to play well, continue to develop. For me, I want to see this defensive line wreak havoc on Saturday. I want to see pressure, sacks, quarterback hurries, tackle for losses. I want to see this defensive line make a statement here on Saturday uh, against the Ohio Bobcats. You know, I, I thought it was a great matchup a week ago, that Purdue offensive line, which is very good, by the way, versus this very solid and deep um, Penn State defensive line. I think we saw a lot of guys rotate in and out of that game, Tom. But that's where it starts. Those guys have to make a statement. They have to make an impact. They have to be felt early in this football game. Um, you know, and then again, you look at the linebacker position. Continue to develop, continue to get better, right? We talked a few weeks back about them sort of being able to hide that position group for a little while in the season mm -hmm. until they're able to play catch up, um, until they're able to really figure out who fits where, how we're able to do this, how we're able to get better at that position um, as the season goes on. I'm really curious to see what they do with the likes of uh, uh, Tyler Elsden. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about it last time out. Tyler looked lost in a couple points in uh, pass coverage, and, and that's nothing against him. It's the first game of the season, and, and some of the competition he was playing against uh, was really outstanding. That's a good Purdue receiving core, and Payne Durham we talked about at tight end. So I'm curious to see what they do there. Um, it, I, I, the more that I thought about this win against Purdue – uh, you know, I know when we were talking about the the recap of that game that this is not the same defense as last year for Penn State. This is not necessarily the bend but don't break defense we saw last year under Brent Pry. But to a degree, what the secondary is capable of, we saw that in the way that they limited Aiden O'Connell. And, and, and I understand people are going to point towards his yardage. We knew he was going to get his yardage, but mm -hmm. the guy was held to about 50%. Uh, completion percentage came in last season 72 percent it's going to be a very similar situation very similar offense from Ohio this Saturday at Beaver Stadium what do you want to see maybe better from the secondary or just different faster start right you know as we talked about they have 16 pass breakups right a, a week ago which was which is a Penn State record correct me if I'm wrong right I think Joy Porter at six if I'm remembering correctly but a lot of those came towards you know, uh, the end of the game there in the third and fourth quarter. I want to see what I saw from that pass defense in the third and the fourth quarter. I want to see that in the first and second. I want to see these guys get out to a fast start. Um, I want to see them come out the gate hot. Shut anything down early on, right? Three and out, punt. Third and long, right? Punt. Keeping things in front of them, rallying, making tackles. No explosive play or, or no explosive plays by this Ohio offense. Um, you know, don't even give them a, a a second to think that they can compete, right, Tom? You know, you have a massive win a week ago, and the way you did it is going to carry over this week. It, it builds confidence, right? That's how you gain momentum, right? This the way the way their season, or excuse me, where their schedule is set up: Purdue week one, Auburn week three, Ohio sits in the middle, right? What do they call it? They call it a trap game. I'm like, I, I don't think that's the case. I really don't. Penn State should win this game. They 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 should have no problem with this team. Um, but it, it's one of those games, Tom, where you don't want to walk out there. You don't want it to take you 20 to 25 minutes to get started. You don't want to give up easy scores or easy plays because of a lack of communication, because you know, you know you're flat out better than the team you're playing. Um 
but I want to see this secondary dominate early on, right? I want to see turnovers. I want to see pass breakups. I want to see guys flying around the ball. I want to see, uh, you know, Brown making tackles. You know, I just want to see guys flying around on Saturday afternoon and, and um, you know, starting early, coming out the gate and letting Ohio know what they're going to be in store for for 60 minutes. In particular for me, you know, I, I talked about it during the, the recap against Purdue is that Joey Porter in the first half, very up and down. Second half, locked it down. He looked like mm-hmm. the first round pick that everybody's projecting him to be. Uh, and he's gotten a lot of attention nationally because of what he did at Purdue. I just want to see consistency. I just want to see that it, it, you should be able to do that against Ohio. Now, Ohio has got five wide receivers that had four catches or more last week in their win against FAU. And I understand it's Mac. It's Ohio beating FAU. It's completely different. But there's still a lot of threats out there that Curtis Rourke can get to. So I, I do want to see Joey Porter step up, and, and it needs to be continuous throughout this season. And you're not going to have perfect football every time out, but especially the week after at Purdue, I sincerely hope to see Joey Porter Jr. make a step in terms of limiting the the issues at the point of contact, limiting the penalties, because those, again, came up in the game against Purdue. So he needs to lead the way in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the safety position, I thought, was really intriguing because I remember during the offseason there was talk about, you know, Zaki Wheatley and Jalen Reed being the guys to even supersede Keaton Ellis. And I thought Keaton Ellis and then, of course, Tig Brown. Jair Brown was outstanding the way he was last season, just in a very different role, not necessarily a guy who's going to get a ton of interceptions again like he did last season. I don't expect that. That safety group was really, really solid considering what Purdue was capable of. What do you like about what Manny Diaz is doing with that, you know, two, three safety look more often than not? Yeah, you know, it might have been a good thing that you got a team like Purdue early on because it shows you where your weaknesses are as a defense, right? You look around the rest of the rest of the Big Ten, Tom, who else can push the football down the field the way Purdue can? Well, Ohio State can. But other than that, who else can Michigan even throw it like that. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, maybe so, Minnesota, so you, 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 maybe maybe Michigan State, and I'm pushing it there. Maybe maybe Minnesota, um, but Minnesota, again, relies so much on that run game to be able to do quick play action, right? get guys moving forward, then dumping in behind them. And I think Michigan State's more of a heavy play action pass, take shots downfield tight team, whereas Purdue, you know what you're getting. Right, we're gonna we're just gonna line up and try to push the football down the field wherever we can. Take advantage of of the coverage that you're in, or if you want to bring pressure and go to this, then you know we're gonna throw it away from you. Or sometimes we'll throw into the pressure. So you got a taste of what your weaknesses are early in week one, and a lot of it was that split safety look that they showed a lot. Right, they played two trap as well. We saw Purdue get some hole shots there and on the sideline a few times. Uh, you know. One of the things you mentioned, the secondary, you know, whatever they decide to do moving forward, whether you want to put your linebackers in more of a position to play tight ends, or I would choose to try to bring your safeties down to play those tight ends. Right. right. He had Payne Durham a few times in that game. He missed a few throws mm-hmm. to Payne Durham a week ago. That's something you need to watch moving forward, Tom, because that is a weakness of this defense right now. Who can cover very good tight ends, tight ends that can be explosive in the pass game, athletic tight ends, right? The matchup with safeties versus tight ends, those matchups versus linebackers with tight ends is a weakness right now for Penn State. Another weakness for Penn State, as I mentioned, is that 
two trap split safety type look there where, you know, they're bringing pressure. They're rotating, rotating a safety down to play corner. You know, a corner's flying over top. It tries to give you this strange look, but basically it's just a two deep zone, Tom. But what happened is sometimes when you rotate like that, corners, they're not getting enough depth, right? So these guys are getting free access off the line of scrimmage. They're able to fall in behind the corner in front of that safety in the soft spot. I'm curious to see if any adjustments will be made there by Manny Diaz here in week two. Um, or, you know, or, or, or do they think that, well, you know, those were just some mistakes early on. We're going to clean those up. We're going to continue to play those coverages, but just get better at them. You mentioned it a little bit ago in regards to the pass rush in that there were there were some uh, signs of positivity. And at the end of the day, um, the the front seven ultimately held Purdue to only 61 yards rushing. So you feel really strong about that, even despite the success that King DeRoe had on the ground for the Boilermakers. Uh, there's going to be some opportunities in this game uh, for somebody as a pass rusher to break out. Curtis Rourke was sacked three times against FAU. And granted, the guy drops back a lot to throw. There's going to be chances in this game to rack up sacks. Who are you looking to see emerge? Maybe not necessarily to the same production as we saw last year from Arnold Ebiketti, but kind of sliding into that role as this is the number one pass rusher for Penn State. Gosh, you know, there's certainly depth there. There certainly are talented guys, but, you know, I, I could see Chop Robinson being big time. Yeah. You know, you know, he just he has the talent, he has the size, the athleticism is there. And I go back, you know, and you know this, I had the chance, and I've I've spoken about this a few times on the podcast. I had the chance to call a couple Maryland games, you know, last year where he was on that Maryland football team. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that coaching staff talking about him. They were so high on him, you know, as a player and as an athlete and what they thought he can grow and develop into. He was a, a big recruit. Um, now he's at Penn State. You know, I can see him, you know, continuing to get reps, continue to work his way into that lineup. I can see him being somebody they can rely on and depend on as the season goes on here, Tom. So keep an eye out for Chop Robinson. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies games and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass breeze through setup with help from the sonos app you can even use your own remote for control and when the tv is off stream music radio podcasts and audiobooks from all your favorite services visit sonos.com that's s-o-n-o-s.com to learn more
Yeah, and there's a lot of guys along the defensive line that I thought really jumped out. I thought Akeem Beeman really uh, established mm-hmm. himself. P.J. Mustafer, of yeah. course, is going to be consistent. Uh, you want to see more out of Nick Tarbert. And, and, there, yeah. and there's a laundry list of guys. Smith Vilbert. Um, I want to see Jordan Vandenberg at some point get in there because he showed a lot of promise late last season, especially in the blue-white game this year. There's just so many different guys. Uh, Disa Isaac active against Purdue, but you're not exactly calling his name a ton. There's so many guys on this Penn State defensive line that it's when is the leap going to happen? This is a game where it's not the leap. It's not the showcase game that you're necessarily going to be. Oh, well, he was great against Ohio. It's like, no, you want him to be great against Ohio State, against Michigan, against Iowa, something like that. Um, Hopefully that develops later in the season. But getting a good week under your belt here early in the season. And again, it's week two. Let's understand. There are plenty of things last week. Tackling was an issue for Penn State in that game. I know it's not something we touched on in the recap, but still, tackling was an issue. You want to see some progression there. Manny Diaz was dialing up a lot of really good defensive schemes, a lot of good blitzes and coverages, but it doesn't mean a whole lot if you can't bring the ball carrier down. So that that's something I want to see change, especially in the game against Ohio. You expect that to be sharp against a smaller conference opponent. Uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball, because I think that's really where most Penn State fans attention is. And it's at quarterback and it's with Sean Clifford. Um, now that you've had like a few days to really process that game, because you and I recorded our postgame show literally minutes after the Purdue game had ended. And I felt a bit, a bit dumbfounded by what Sean Clifford's night ultimately was. How do you feel about it? And what are you hoping to see from Sean against Ohio? You know, a lot of it wasn't. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I'll be calling the Indiana State at Purdue game this Saturday for Big Ten Network, Tom. And so, you know, one of the things I've had the chance to do is be able to watch that game now, breaking out Purdue's defense and and watching Purdue's offense as well. And it's like, I, you know, you, you almost forget the the moments Penn State scored because what you, what you think a lot about is what could have been on the offensive side of the ball, the struggles on the offensive. They yes. scored twice right before halftime, and they scored once at the end of the game to win it. There be three touchdowns right there in in those those three drives and in those those you know short amount of time, which is uh, which is crazy to see. But like when you watch that, it's like it's there. They're capable of doing that. They're capable of playing fast. They're capable of scoring when they have to. It's just like how do you put it all together? And you mentioned Sean. Like for me, when I watch, you know, when I want when I want when I want to see when I watch him play this week is I I just need to see a clean, crisp game from him. I, I need to see what I saw at the end of the half. I need to see what I saw at the end of the game. Somebody that's decisive, right? Somebody that is throwing with anticipation. Their timing is great. They're accurate with the football, right? Just somebody that's confident, right? Marching around the field, um, you know, not you know looking left and right, right and left. I don't want to see anybody chasing reads. I don't. He, he shouldn't. Nothing should surprise him at this point when it comes to this offense. Right. It should be. I know exactly where I need to go with the ball. I know exactly where I need to throw the ball. I need who is my number one, two and three here on this drive. Right. Every play, um, you know, needs to be. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and throw for, you know, 340 or 350, Tom, and, and have an explosive pass every other play. But he needs to know what he look like. He needs to look like, you know, he knows what he's doing. Every play, every drive. That's what we need to see out of him. It can't be something we saw. You know, um, a week ago, and I understand he was Big Ten Player of the Week. You know, which is which is fantastic. It's it's an incredible accomplishment. Um, but there were times in that game where where he struggled and he looked lost. Let's be honest. 
So um, again, I, I just I, I want to see a good, clean, crisp game from him on Saturday. The completion percentage against Purdue hovering around fifty percent. That you know better than anybody. That's got to come up. That's got to. You can't in the win 60s. moving forward. You can't win moving forward doing that, right? You, you, I mean, you need to be. I was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think in 2012, maybe like a 60 or 61, you know, completion percentage guy, um, you know. But you know, for a guy like Sean, um, you know, who's played a ton football, you know, and for Penn State to go where everybody thinks they're capable of going because of the talent on that team, he needs to be somewhere between that 65 to 70% completion percentage week in and week out. Uh, for the record, your 2012 season, you were 60.5%. So round, Okay, round up, round up, round yeah. up. No, you jumped <laughs> because you, you were 54.9, 2010, 54.1, 2011. So, but, mm. but is that incremental progress is so important for a quarterback, and I think that's a frustration, again, for Penn State fans, and we talked about it in the recap episode, is that we've seen the peaks of what Sean Clifford can be, the last-minute drive to engineer a touchdown pass to Kevon Lee, 6-7, 72 yards passing. It's like, oh, gosh. It's there. Wh- why aren't we doing this more often? And then the offense being relatively asleep for about 25 minutes in the second half. And granted, you understand Sean came out of the game at one point, went to the locker room, was suffering from cramps, uh, allegedly, and then Drew, Al- Drew Aller comes into the game, and we'll get to that in a moment. But you understand how disjointed things were there in the second half. But still, you cannot just be out as an offense for the bulk of a half. It's really frustrating for Penn State fans. Here, here's the thing too, Tommy, and you mentioned, you know, my completion percentage there in 2010 and 2011, um, you know, we, we had a very good run game from, at least from what I can remember in 2010 and 2011, whereas, you know, 2012, we had a great run game, but we were a pass heavy team as well. So like I, I understood we needed to play completion driven football at times, right? And, and you know, a lot of winning football games depended on how the quarterback played in, in, in 2012, you know. What Sean has to understand right now is that this team is going to win or lose games depending on how he plays week in and week out. They don't have a strong running game where, well, we know Keevon Lee's going to get a buck 40 this week, or we know, you know, Nick Singleton or Katron Allen, both of them are going to run for 75 or 80 yards. They don't have that. They're not Wisconsin. They can't rely on Braylon Allen week in and week out to get his carries and get his yardage. And then, you know, work play action off of that and, and, you know, be able to live in that world. They can't do it. Sean has to play well. He has to carry this offense on his back week in and week out. And I know they got away with, you know, the way he played there in, in week one because of a few drives that, that saved them. Um, but he, he just, he has to under, understand the situation that he's in. He needs to take care of the football. He needs to be a leader. He needs to find completions. And always, Tom, always remember this as a quarterback. Reserve the right to punt, right? Just because you have that pressure, just because you are the reason you win or lose games doesn't mean you need to go out there and force the issue and try to throw the football, push the football down the field, throw it into tight windows, right? You know, you find yourself talking in coaches talk sometimes, but it makes sense in certain situations. Let the game come to you. Let the defense dictate where the ball is going to go. That's what Sean needs to do on Saturday. Find completions, find them early, sustain drives, and get points. And Tom, again, when I say get points, understand the game you're in. When you get in the red zone, 
you don't necessarily need six every single time, although we want six every time we get in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Understand the way your defense is playing. Understand the offense that the defense is going up against and where, all right, I can take chances here, but knowing I have three points in the bank. Yeah, and, and that's definitely something maybe against Ohio. Are you losing sleep over that? No, but against Auburn, at Auburn. Sure. Yeah, you're sure. going to be worried about that. And and a small thing about special teams, I feel very good about Penn State special teams. Uh, Jake Penninger looks solid. Um, I'm very happy with Barney Amore. I'm very happy with the guys uh, rotating a kickoff or doing Sahadak and uh, Wosu. So there, there's some encouraging things there that you shouldn't feel worried about trotting those guys out on the field. Um, before we get to the offensive line and the running backs, um, let's stay with quarterback Drew Aller. How much would you like to see of Drew Aller against Ohio U? Well, now I'm excited to watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, you know, hopefully again, to your point, the, the spread is Penn State by 24 and a half at the time we're recording yeah. this. Hopefully they cover that and it's in the bag some point in the third quarter and you do see a lot of Aller. Yeah, you know, I can see Franklin letting it get out of hand for a little while with his with his ones and with Sean Clifford. Like I, I can see if it gets to a point where it's like forty one to ten or forty eight, you know, seven or something like that in the fourth quarter. I can see I can see Allard getting a couple of drives. I don't expect Allard to be in there in the third quarter. Like I don't I don't expect James to pull Sean early in in a you know a thirty five to three game just to get Allard reps. I don't see him doing that. Um, I agree with you, but I would, but, as a yeah. fan, as a fan. Oh yeah, I would like to see it now. I'd yeah, like to see it. Yeah, because listen, I mean, I, I talked a lot about how I didn't think those guys were ready. Those those young freshman quarterbacks. I thought it going to be. I thought it was going to be Vayer. Um, you know, obviously the progress he's made over the summer and over in training camp, you know, was great. Obviously, um, you know, he committed to the Mike Yersich system. You know, he's bought in. Um, you know, because again, I had the chance to break down that Purdue defense leading up to this uh, week's Purdue game. And it's just like, I mean, he was just calm out there. He was relaxed. You know, it, it was almost effortless for him in a way, making some of those throws. Um, you know, uh, the pocket mobility is there, although he definitely needs some work on some, you know, mechanical issues, Tom, but it's there. You know, so I, I hope he gets the chance to play. Um, you know, on Saturday afternoon, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to see, you know, a, a much bigger sample size than what we got to see last week. You would obviously know better considering you've been through these different stints in the season. September is kind of like the preseason. It's got obviously that game against Purdue was not the preseason. Auburn is not the preseason. However, these two games built, uh, built in Ohio U and Central Michigan no disrespect to the opponents, but these are games to get ready. These are games to work out the kinks. Um, how much is that the approach going into this game, or is it just tunnel vision? And as James Franklin likes to say, we just got to go one and know. You know, this week, Tom, you know, a lot needs to be talked about, like what, what the message is for this week, right? What type of statement do we want to make, um, you know, for, for Auburn the following week? Not to just say that, but everybody's certainly be thinking, thinking about it. that, you know, every, yeah, everybody's certainly thinking of it. You know, you don't want to look past any opponent, right? Cause I, I believe anybody can beat anybody on any given, any given day in this, in this sport, in this game of football. Um, but it, it's how you win Saturday. That's important. Are we making the same mistakes we made in week one? And if we are making those same mistakes we made in week one, well, then we might have some trouble here against the sovereign team in week three. And we've made no progress here in this week. That's where this type of game gets dangerous, Tom, because you know you're more talented. You know you can just take the field and beat this team. 
So you don't necessarily focus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because you know, again, you can win, but it, it has to be this tunnel vision type approach. The, the opponent needs to be faceless, Tom. It doesn't matter. It's about you at this point. How do we get better offensively? How do we get better defensively? What do we do with the offensive line? How do we establish the run game? And speaking of the run game, Tom, this is a week where you need to commit to running the football, especially early on in this game. I'd love to see these this, this running back room and these guys go for a buck 50 or a buck 70. I'd love to see it happen, Tom, because that's a confidence builder heading into next week on the road at Auburn because you know Auburn's going to run the football. But if you're able to do that this week, man, it makes these guys so much more confident and so much more excited to, to show up Monday after a victory, ready to go again, because now they know they're capable of doing it. They've seen it happen. You watch the film, Tom. It's like, that's what that should look like, right? You know, we, 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 let's, let's focus on the double team on the nose tackle up to the linebacker. That's how it should look like there. That's why that run went for 17 yards compared to five is because we held onto that double team long, right? He had it. You went up to the linebacker, blocked it. The running back saw it. He had more room to cut, right? It's being able to see it, understanding what it looks like, and then going from there. And this this is a game where you know they, they should be able to do that. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. They should, uh, because for Ohio U against FAU in their first game of the season, granted Ohio got the win, but Ohio uh, gave up 364 yards passing mm-hmm. to FAU. And it's very important to your point you just made. They gave up 3.9 yards per carry. Penn State averaged 3.1 yards per carry mm-hmm. against Purdue. That has been a sticking point for Penn State fans for a number of years now. Is When is the running game going to make that jump? Granted. Will you potentially see some better statistics against Ohio? Sure, you expect it. Again, it's a smaller conference opponent. However, Penn State has not had a 100-yard rusher since the game against Michigan in November of 2020, and that was Kevon Lee. I don't expect it to be Kevon Lee, and hell, I might be surprised, but at the end of the day, I want to see more Nick Singleton. I want to see more of Katron Allen, and it's nothing against Kevon Lee. I thought Kevon had an excellent game against Purdue. He really showed some growth, but I think there's opportunities for more burst from Nick Singleton. Do you expect to see the same uh, platooning and the same uh, ratio of carries? Just about everybody got nine, ten carries between those three backs. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that being the same thing this week, Tom, but that's something to definitely keep an eye out as the weeks go on here. Um, I can see somebody's carries dropping off and somebody else's carries increasing. You can't like that running back spot for how good all three guys are. They, they all bring something different to the table. Um, but you can't continue to keep three running backs happy, you know, with reps, with carries, um, you know, and, and things like that. And, and, and it's just, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like here on Saturday. Again, I think it'll be the same type, you know, of, of game plan when it comes to the running backs that we saw in week one. But I would not be surprised if come weeks five, six, seven, Tom, we're talking about somebody having 17 carries and somebody else having five. 
And you're lucky. You've got three really nice options back there that you're excited about. Kevon Lee kind of leading the way as the veteran and uh, the heavy hitter there in the backfield. And Nick Singleton and Katron Allen just give you that spark. And it was something I talked about in the, the game against Purdue is that you saw the running backs getting involved in the passing game. And you know because you played under Bill O'Brien, and that's much more of a facet of a pro-style offense is utilizing those tailbacks. I mean, what what kind of safety blanket is that, knowing that you can just hit the guy out in the flat for five yards? It changes your pass game. It changes what the offense is capable of doing. And if all of them can do it, Tom, it creates endless possibilities because you're not, as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive player, you know, when Devin Ford runs into the game, you're not thinking to yourself, mm-hmm. hey, we got to watch pass. We got to watch pass. Chances of this being a pass compared to a run are much better. You know what I mean? If you can get Kevon Lee, Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, Devin Ford all on the same page where they're all contributing in the run game and all contributing in the pass game. Now, early on, you know, it, it's going to create great opportunities for what you're able to do inside of your playbook. And again, for me as a quarterback, knowing who I have back there, um, you know, because you do think certain times like, ah, uh, you know, so-and-so's got great hands. I can't miss with this throw. I have to keep this face mask or lower. If I put it high, he has trouble catching high, right? Tips and overthrows. That's what defenses want, right? That's where turnovers are created. That's where picks are created. Um, but knowing if all your running backs and all those guys can catch the ball, have a really good catch radius. I mean, it, it definitely makes your job easier as a quarterback. And it definitely, definitely is easier knowing that. All right. If I don't have anything downfield here real quick in this situation, I can't step up, check it down on my running back, knowing that he's very good with the ball in his hands. I feel very confident about the wide receivers and tight ends for Penn State going into this game. I don't know how you feel, but it's almost as if you guys did just fine. I I don't necessarily have a problem with much of what Mm -hmm. went down. You'd like to see uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith catch the ball more consistently even though he did go for a touchdown he had some nice receptions there were a couple of drops you'd like to see uh, him step up a little bit I'd like to see some of Malik Mega later in this game getting involved see what he's capable of and there's a lot of guys uh, Harrison Wallace is somebody that's opened some eyes so just maybe seeing the depth of this group what do you think yeah um so what I want to see when like when you you know when you put your game plan together Tom you'll have you know, the first 10, first 15, first 20. I'm not sure what Mike Yersich does. Um, but again, coordinators that I've you know played for in the past, some of them had 12 plays. Some of them scripted the first 20 plays. So for me, when you're scripting your first 12 or your first 20, I want to see Parker Washington get a catch in there. I want to see these tight ends get catches in there. I want to see Tinsley get catches in there. All these guys need to be involved in your first 12 or your first 20, whatever it is. I don't care what it is, Tom. I don't care if it's a smoke route outside. Parker Washington needs a catch, you know, on the first drive of the game. Mitchell Tinsley needs to see the football within the first two drives of the game. Within the first three drives of the game, I need to see these tight ends get involved in the game. Keep guys involved. Keep guys in the game, right? You know, spread the ball around as well. Be able to use all those weapons. How many times have we seen James Franklin say this is one of the better tight end groups, not just in the Big Ten, but Years. in the country? Years now. Right? Use them then. Use them more, right? They showed up kind of later on in that Purdue game. I need to see them show up early on Saturday. Make them a big part of your game plan. Last but not least, the offensive line. Outside of quarterback, the biggest sticking point for Penn State fans regarding this offense. Uh, you, we talked about it on the recap episode regarding the Purdue game is that the pass protection 
look good, look better than we expect experienced last year. And it was slightly, slightly, slightly better in the run game. I'm not really going to jump to too many conclusions, but uh, in short, what do you need to see this offensive line do against Ohio? Have you seen anything about Efner or Wallace? Have you seen anything about that? Um, I haven't seen anything in, in particular. Yeah. And again, we're recording this on Wednesday, so there might be some things that develop uh, by the time this airs on ESPN Radio State College yeah. and by the time we get to Saturday. But Efner did jump in at right tackle for Caden Wallace uh, about yeah. halfway through the game against Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, no, look, again, run game did look a little bit better. I thought the pass protection was very good time. I thought that that was one of the stronger points. Um, for this Penn State offense was the time that Sean Clifford, even Drew Allar had, you know, to throw to throw the football, um, you know, when he was in there. What what I talked about earlier is what they need to continue to improve on, and that's getting off blocks and continuing blocks at to the second level. It's something Penn State has struggled with. It's something that I thought they struggled with in week one. And again, that's what's going to create the big explosive runs, right? If you're holding on blocks initially, yeah, anybody's going to be able to fall for 3.1 yards, Right. But it's understanding the blocks. It's understanding when your guy has a block and you can let go and get to the second level or you can get to a safety and block him, right? It's it's being able to understand that, understand what that feels like, understand how to do that. That's where they need to get better. And, and if they don't, then it's going to be more than the same. It's going to be a few positive yards in the run game here or there, but it's never going to be a real threat. You're never going to get explosive runs from it. Do you need to see Penn State blow Ohio off the ball consistently throughout this game? Offensively and defensively, I need to see both sides absolutely dominate at the point of attack. That's what I need to see. Um, you know, uh, from from the first drive, Tom, I, I need to see guys flying around. I need guys. I need to see guys being physical. Um, you know, uh, look it, it, again. We we talked about it. If Nick Singleton just gets a step, he's gone. Right. That's all he's asking for. Um, so understand that, you know, understand the game you're in, understand the situation that you're in, you know, and and take pride in running the football this week. Penn State opens up at home after going on the road to win at Purdue to begin the season. They open up at home this Saturday at noon on ABC against the Ohio Bobcats. We will have your recap episode within a few hours after that game ends. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe, turn on notifications, and of course, comment, like on all these videos and podcasts. We so appreciate it. We'll see you after Penn State versus Ohio. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.